0: Welcome back. On today's Heal the Hurt podcast, I'm going to share with you five keys to listening. Also, when and how to give advice or feedback when we're listening to somebody. And finally, when should you stop listening to somebody? When is it actually detrimental to both you and themselves? In addition, beyond that, I'm going to give you a whole series of questions that are going to have a dramatic effect on your ability in those times when somebody wants feedback to be able to build connection. Now, the skills I'm going to share with you will affect every area of your life. As a parent, this will have tremendous impact on your children. It'll have a tremendous impact if you're partnered or married, and also business, especially if you're in sales. Well, let's face it, every business is a level of sales. And so what I see in much of the stuff they teach about active listening and business and all these they leave out some key elements. And I think when you listen today, you're going to walk away with a different perspective that's really going to pay huge dividends in every area of your life. So let's get right into the five keys to start with. The first thing, whenever somebody wants to talk to us is we need to ask a simple question. Before they get started, hey, can I talk to you? And my first question to anyone is, what do you need from me? Do you need me to just listen? Or are you looking for feedback? I set the tone right away because most times people, they don't really want anyone to talk back. They just want to be heard. And so right away, I need to know what their expectation is. Cause remember, we're here to listen. So I need to find out what it is they want. So that's the first step, whether it's your partner business, whatever. Hey, I do this with my kids. You know, my kids will call me up and start talking about something. I'm like, well, Can we pause for a second? What do you need from me right now? Do you need me just to listen? Or are you looking for input at some point? And they'll pause and go, "Ah, I just need you to listen. I'm like, okay, let's go. All right, so that's step number one. Now, step number two is to recognize, especially when it's, you know, these are more intimate relationships. I learned this, gosh, almost 20 years ago. Um... When I really got heavy into my recovery journey, I had a a guy that worked for me and he was, we were both pursuing it together. And he said something to me that was very profound because, you know, I was learning about taking ownership. I was just starting to learn how to take ownership of my imperfections. And, you know, as I tell stories, we'd always start off, you know, look, I would start off by owning my part. And he pointed out to me, he goes, you know, Kenny, we both have to realize, and everyone has to realize, whenever we tell a story, even when we're trying to own it, we always paint ourselves as the hero. Now that's just natural. So recognize when you're listening to somebody, even those the most, even somebody who's completely devoted to personal growth, they are slanting a story to make them the hero. That's, that's how we all do it. It's just part of human nature. It doesn't make us bad, but we are leaving out little subtle details or we're not aware of details, but we are kind of defending ourselves at all times. So recognize that it does. Again, this isn't a criticism. It's natural. It's okay. But we want to keep that in the back of our mind because if we do end up giving feedback, we need to recognize we're only hearing one side of the story and This is the hero side, okay? So keep that in mind. That's step number two. Now, step number three is the single most important. And this is the single greatest key to listening. The biggest problem is people listen to what people say. I know that sounds weird. I'm telling you, don't listen to what they say. Let me explain. What I mean is I never listen to the facts of what people are saying. I ignore them because I know this is the hero part. What I'm always listening for is the emotion of what they're expressing. And so every word that communicates any type of emotion, that's what I'm queuing in on. Because let's, this is communication for those of you who don't know. The only reason we communicate is to share our feelings. Words are just an attempt to share with somebody what's going on inside of us. We may have had an experience with a coworker or somebody but we're telling the story because we had a feeling about it and the words are there to express it. And so what trips people up, especially in relationships or business, friendship, whatever, is people start arguing about the facts. Well, that's not what happened. Waste of time. That's not our job as the listener. Our job is to be there for them emotionally. And so when I started to figure all this out, I always, you know, if I someone wanted to talk to me, I'd grab a notepad and every time they would say an emotional word, I'd, I'd write it. I'd just keep on, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, okay, sad, angry, pissed off, you know, confused, frustrated. I would just, that's all I was ever listening to. Now, that leads us into step four. And it really depends on, you know, did they ask for feedback or just to be heard? Um, but when they get to this point and they finished what they've said, now our job is to use all of those emotional words we've kept track of and feed them back to them. So that would look something like, wow, that sounds really hard. You sound really sad. Um, I think I hear that you feel that you're really frustrated and really concerned. Am I hearing you right? Watch how dramatic it is when you start listening to people and you start focusing on those emotional words and you ask, did you notice? I didn't tell them that they were feeling confused or frustrated. I said, it sounds to me like, am I hearing you right? See, it's a question. I never determine for them what their condition is because in part, most people don't know what they really feel. And especially if they've come to you at a very difficult time, their feelings are all over the place. And so, you know, you might say, wow, you sound really sad and confused and frustrated. Well, yeah, but I'm also boom, 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 boom. Okay, so I think what I'm hearing is you feel sad and frustrated and confused and um, also ignored and abandoned. And then, you know, as as they keep listening, they go, did I hear you right? Or is there more? Then they'll dump more of it. That's how we listen. It's never about the story. It's always about the broken heart. That's all, anyone, even the most cold, shut down man or woman on this planet, all they're trying to share with you is what they're feeling, not their intellect, not the story. They're trying to share because they'll tell you the story. And you can say, so I think I heard you say you went to the store and ran into a clerk and the clerk was angry at you and you don't understand why. And that feels very frustrating to you. And what they're going to latch on is, did you pick up that they were frustrated? They don't care if you heard about the store and the clerk. What they care about is, did you hear about their emotion? That's when people feel hurt. And that leads us into step number five. Remember what I said, we don't focus on the story and we don't tell them what their condition is. And so what we do is turn everything into a question. And so here's a series of questions. You might wanna grab a pen and piece of paper or come back to this video. I'm gonna list off a series of questions that can really help you be an active listener to flesh out what they're feeling. And now most, many of these questions will work best if they've asked for feedback, they may not work. You know, if someone hasn't asked for feedback, some of these you would never ask. Okay. So in the event that they've asked for feedback and I'll get to, I'm kind of, I'm giving you this part first, but when I get to how to give feedback, when to give advice, these questions will make much more sense. So just bear with me. Let me go through the questions and then I'll explain the advice part, but One of the responses we can have is, so what are your options? Remember, we're not telling them what to do. We're listening to them and allowing them to figure it out. And that's why that uh, question is so powerful. Another question would be, well, okay, so what would you like to see different? In other words, get them thinking about solutions. What is it they want? Don't tell them what they want. Offer a question that allows them to find what they want. Um what do you think uh, you can do to make this situation different is another question. So again, that's an empowering question that's laying the responsibility at their feet, giving them the chance to process to move out of the emotion of the pain and frustration into the solution. The next one is, so what part of this situation do you think you can control? Because face it, when people are struggling with something, um, even if it's business, you, they can't find a solution to a business problem they have? That's a great question. So what part of this do you think you can control? Because when we're stuck over here complaining or commiserating about the problem, all we can see is the problem. So do you see all of these questions are lovingly pointing them in the direction of the solution, but we're not telling them how. We may know the solution, but do you see we're empowering them to find it? That's what makes them feel heard. None of us like to be told what to do. And so this is a way we may, do you see how we may know exactly what would give them control? We know exactly the part they have played in this. We know exactly what they could do different, but that's not listening. That's telling. Our job is to listen. These questions create the space. It proves to them, wow, this person really cares. And they're allowing me to find the answer. All right? Next question. What sort of plan could you put in place to act on what you can control? Boom. You've just taken them to the next step. You haven't told them what, they, what plan they should put in place. You're allowing them to figure out. Think of kids. What do kids hate being told what to do? Well, a kid wants to go do, wants to um, spend the night at a friend's house. Well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't work. We have to be up in the morning. What part of that do you think you can control? What's well, nothing. Okay, well, that's one option. There's, You could do nothing. I'm sure if you think about it, there are many other options you could come up with. I know how smart you are. Um, and when you figure them out, come tell me, I'd love to hear them. Eventually they'll come back and tell you and go, okay, so what part of that plan do you think you can control? You see, you're walking your kids into the solution. You're also diffusing the battle between who's right and who's wrong, all right? <clears throat> Next question, what is your part in all of this? And we move on to what do you think you're getting from being in this situation? Now, that's a deeply personal question. This is when somebody's really invited you into the conversation and allows feedback because they probably won't in the beginning and in a superficial relationship, They're not really ready to confront the part they've played in it, but somebody who's a true fan who truly cares about us will help us and hold us accountable. Like that's, you know, with my friends, that is a mainstay. Um, That's a question they all ask me when I'm upset about something, they're going, okay, so what part did you play? Because do you see what that does? That empowers me because if I can find the part I'm playing, I can do something about it. I can change it. If I keep focusing on them, I'm powerless. I'm the victim. They own my life. That doesn't help me. That does. That's not hearing me. And I don't want my friends to allow me or to enable me to play the victim. All right? The next question builds off of that. So what are the benefits that you're getting? Is it freedom? Lack of responsibility? Do you not have to take a risk or be intimate with this person? Do you get distance? Do you get to have control over them or some other situation? Is it some way to exert negative control? In other words, by complaining about it and constantly complaining to them, you are using negativity to control them? Is that a possibility? Do you get attention? Are you getting attention from me right now by complaining about this? Is that part of what you're getting from all of this? See, now that would require, those type of questions would require a deep personal relationship, somebody that we trust, and and we're willing to go that deep with them. Now, the question becomes, who would we allow to lovingly hold us accountable like that? And now we get into when and how we should give advice. So remember my first question, when, how we started all of this out. What would you like from me? Do you need me just just to hear you or are you looking for feedback? Now, let's say somebody says to me that they want feedback. Well, the first thing, I, there are three things I have to consider before I give feedback. The first thing I have to recognize is that no matter what advice I give, even if it's the literally the best advice ever, 99% of the time, they won't want to hear it. Isn't that been your experience? They're like, oh, well, that will work. No, or they get angry. Um, they won't want to listen to it. They won't want to do it. They won't take any action on it. So the first question I have to ask myself is, am I perfectly okay if I give this feedback and they don't do any of it and they get angry at me, all those different things. They don't do it. They complain about it. They shrug it off and say it won't work. Am I going to be perfectly okay inside myself or am I going to have resentment? If I'm not going to be okay, then I can't give them advice, All right? Now, the second thing we have to ask ourselves is, um, am I okay with that? Am I perfectly okay with them completely ignoring me or getting angry at me? It's basically the same question, but it's just phrased a little bit different. The next question we have to ask ourselves is, am I going to feel resentment? Again, a different way of asking the exact same feeling. Will I later go off and go, God, I'm just so sick of them. All they do is complain. I give them, they ask for help. I give them the solution. They never do it. Boom, there's the resentment, okay? So we have to pay attention to those. Um, We have to be sure It's not going to affect us internally, okay? Now, the second, or I don't know, I'm losing track of all the different keys and things, but if we decide that we are going to give feedback, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. The biggest mistake people make when they're giving feedback is they tell a person what to do. Go, well, you should do this. Well... Nobody likes to hear that. That immediately feels like an attack because it really sounds like our parents telling us what to do, all right? Even if the person is younger than us. And so the way to give feedback is to make it about ourselves. And the way we do that is we would start with, well, if it were me, I would do A, B, and C. Or when I was in a similar situation, here's what I found worked for me. In other words, we never, ever, ever tell them what to do. All we are doing is sharing our experience, strength, and hope. That also protects us because, do you see, if I'm telling you what to do and you don't do it, I'm invested in the outcome. I need you to do it so I feel safe and powerful. Well, if I just talk about, well, here's what I did. This worked for me. I'm just talking about me. Whether you listen to it or not, doesn't matter. It's just my story. And who's, remember, we all play the hero. So even in my explanation, like I recognize when I give advice, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm right. I, you, you hear me say that in a lot in my videos. I'm like, no, it could be wrong these are just my opinions. I've seen them be effective, but there might be other people that find yelling and screaming at somebody is a better way to relate to somebody. I don't know. Maybe it is for them. It works for them, I guess. Maybe they're right and I'm wrong. So I I always recognize that I'm the, I'm playing the hero and that, and, and by making the story about me or the advice about me and what I did in that situation, it protects us both. Okay. Now the question becomes, how do we decipher when we give advice to somebody? Well, that's really simple. It's two questions. There's only two times we ever give advice. When somebody asks us for it, but remember we have to satisfy those questions first and make sure we don't boomerang back our resentment. Or number two, people pay us, all right? People come into my office and they are, by the the act of paying me money, they are making the request, I need you to influence my reality. I need you to hold me accountable. I'm giving you permission to say that the way I tell this story is, is possibly wrong and I want you to point it out to me. Only when we give money do we really feel that. Think of even your closest friend or your spouse. They never give you that. Well, I don't want to say never. That's too extreme. But only in rare circumstances do they give you that level of, I don't want to say power, but influence over their life. They don't do well with that. but Think about it when you have hired a professional, even if it isn't, so you know, this type of profession, if it's music, you know, if it's an instrument, a sport, you're hiring that professional for them to go, no, do it this way. You are asking for direct advice that's correcting your perfect imperfections. All right. We all, we feel fine with that. A teacher, a coach, we will accept it. So that's the thing to remind yourself. And that's why we started out with question number one. What do you need from me right now? Do you need me just to hear you? Or do you need feedback? And then when it comes to the feedback, make sure we make it about ourselves and what we did in that situation. We don't tell them what to do. Drop, in other words, drop the phrase you. You should do this. Make it I. Here's what I did. All right? Now let's move on to when we should stop listening. and. This is going to be tough to hear because our culture, we've been sold a lie that at all times we should support other people. Well, no, we shouldn't. That's abusive in many cases. um, It's unkind and it's not loving. And here's how we make that delineation of of when, when to stop listening. And when, if we do listen, we are actually the ones who are being unkind and unloving. Here's the trick. When a person has a problem and they are choosing to put a plan in place to address the problem, we should listen to them until our ears fall off. If they are not being perfect, but if they are actively pursuing the solution, our ears should be available to them as much as possible. All right? Now that could be somebody who's taking lessons if it's a you know a personal problem they've hired someone like me they're enrolled in a class they're reading books they're doing something on a daily basis they are committed to growing through the problem living in the solution they want to make change if on the other hand anytime there's any suggestion you know like they've said yes give me feedback and you've offered a possible solution, read a book, hire a professional, take this class, do any of that, and they deny it, they get upset by it, and they never take action on it. Those are people we should never, ever listen to. And when we do, we are being the abuser. This is very difficult. I have thousands of people that reach out to me. And sadly, most of them are on this side. They don't want the solution. What they want is to co-opt me into their victimhood, to listen to their story, and but they don't want to do any work to heal it. And I've seen it, like private messages. I get these private messages and I'll listen and, and you know they'll, they'll want feedback and I offer a suggestion. Some things that are free, some things that might cost as little as $5, other things that are more expensive, And the second they give me an excuse as to why they can't do it, I stop all communication. Well, recently I was actually looking for a message that had come through and I noticed all of these people that were no longer following, you know, the the private messages, it just said Facebook user. What that means is they blocked and deleted me and there's tons of them because I wasn't willing to buy into their victimhood and enable their dysfunction. They ran. See, they're looking that they're not ready for the solution yet. And so because I wouldn't do that, they just, that's it. He's not gonna play the game. I'm gonna go find somebody who is. And that's wonderful. I want them to run out. See, that's the only way that'll help them is is if people stop enabling their behavior, eventually they'll run out and they'll be forced to face themselves. That's love. That's kindness. It is not kindness to enable somebody Who's choosing not to do the work? Now, I know that can feel very uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable for me too. Because, you know, whether it's a public comment or a private message, most of the people that ask me questions don't want to do the work. And it breaks my heart. And there's a part of me that still feels guilty and bad. And I'm like, no, Kenny, that's your trauma. That's your childhood, where you were made to take care of everybody, and it's a lie. You think it's kind and loving to support their victimhood, but it's not, Kenny. You have to decide to stop being abusive, because it's abusive when you play into that. Um, and so, pay attention. That's the the line you're looking for. Is do they have? Are they willing to put a plan in place? Because let's face it. I have some things that cost $5. $5. That's it. And and they get like really pissed off if I suggest a $5 solution. Or my book is $20. And and I've had people literally, "Oh my god, you're just all you care about is money" after they've shared all of this, like their messages this long, like literally. And then after listening and supporting, I suggest a $5 option. And they immediately go into the attack mode of you're just about money. Well, I know my reality. I work on average, depending on the week, 50 to 80 hours a week. 20 hours of that week is what I make money. That's where I get paid. 40 to 60 hours a week. This is all free. This costs me money. I spend a tremendous amount of money on captions and all the different things and other people I hired to do different aspects. 85% of all of my income goes to giving out free material. So if someone thinks I'm all about money, they have, they're they just, they're not aware and that's okay. But I'm perfectly okay with recognizing because I know my reality. Almost all of the work that I do is free. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that I give free and thousands of hours. As I said, most of my hours are free. I don't get paid very much, very often for what I do. So I'm perfectly okay if I offer a $5 solution because it's the only way I can do this. At some point I have to make money. I have to eat and all of those things, okay? So that's what we have to recognize is, When someone isn't willing to fix the problem, and especially if we care more about fixing the problem for them than they do, that is a massive red flag. And that's what happens to the hyper listeners, the so-called empaths, codependents, the people that will get upset with me about this video and say, you know, the ones, that think I should listen to everything all the time and and all of that, and that they should listen all the time. Um, They're in severe dysfunction. And what they're actually doing by listening is they're stealing from the other person because what they're looking for is power. They want to be the savior. They care more about your problem. They need you to be sick and hurt so that they feel powerful sharing their information with you. That's why they're so-called listening because they're not actually listening. If you think about it, those people that hang around them, they're constantly giving them suggestions. Well, that's what they're after. Well, I used to do that, but I don't abuse people like that anymore. It's not kind, it's not loving, it no longer works for my morals and values. Now, how do we handle this? If if you're watching this video and you're going, oh my gosh, now I see I've been listening and enabling many of my friends who don't want any help. How do I detach from that? Well, there's a way to do that and I'm going to share it with you. Um, and this is really for those close relationships. This could be your partner. This could be your best friend. Um, it could be somebody at work, but here's how you do it. And again, there Watch how there isn't any you. It's all about me. And you'd say something along these lines. Um, you know, David, I've just realized some something new. I've gained some new information. And what I've discovered is that if somebody really wants help, if they're really looking for a solution, they will put a plan in place to get help. They will make a commitment to themselves, not only internally, but financially. it's that important to them. And I never knew until I got this new information that my listening to you was actually robbing you of that opportunity. It's keeping you from choosing a solution that could benefit you. Now, I feel terrible about this because I've allowed this problem to continue. And I wish, I really wish I had been taught this Earlier, I wish I'd known this earlier because I care about you tremendously. You mean the world to me. And so I wish so much I had learned this earlier so I could have been the friend that you deserve and given you the proper support. But now that I know that the best way to support you is to stop listening to you and to make the best way to make amends to you is to no longer listen to this part of your life where I'm hearing that for you, it just doesn't work to put a plan in place and commit to yourself and invest in your own recovery. I'm actually hurting you. And so my amends to you is to no longer listen to you around any of that. Anything else you want to talk about, you bet. We we can talk just like we always have. But when it comes to the struggles you're having, let's assume it's a divorce. Um, I I just... I will no longer listen to you when it comes to those things. That's how we lovingly confront them. Do you hear how we're owning? Look, it's my fault. I played a part, not it's my fault, but I'm owning my side of the street that I was co-enabling this imperfect dynamic of not listening properly. Not because I'm bad, but because I hadn't been taught. But now I recognize it. And so now I can do something about it. Now I can make changes to be the true friend that we all want to be. And so we take complete ownership of it. Now, let's say it's somebody that we don't know very well. Um, and so going into that level of connection and intimacy doesn't work. Um, say it's you know kind of at a random party or someone you know casually, Here's how you stay out of that trap of listening to somebody that you can tell right away isn't looking for the solution. Something I say a lot of is, you know, I just don't know that I can help you with that. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I set the boundary and I change the subject. I just go, you know, I'm not really sure I can help you with that. I say that to a lot of people, you know, people in private messages. Um, what do you think I should do? And I just, I, you know, throughout the message, I can tell they don't want solutions by, you know, different things they've said. And they're like, you know, they'll come back and they keep coming back. And I'm like, you know, I just don't know that I can help you. Is there anything else I can help you with? I can point you in the right direction if somebody might be able to help you. Boom, I put up the boundary. I will not abuse them. And that's what we have to recognize. When we listen to people that want to want to stay stuck I was like do they want to maybe some do but maybe some just they're getting enabled too much to be ready to face the problem all right and so when we stand and listen to them we're pushing off their recovery and and that's not kind and loving okay so there are your keys to listening and creating the connection that we deserve remember when we do listen, we want to delineate. Are we there just to listen or are they offering feedback? Do they want feedback? If they want feedback, we need to go through the criteria inside of us. We also, if we decide to give criteria, we need to make it all about ourselves and our life experience. We want to share our experience, strength, and hope. We never want to give advice and tell them what to do. And finally, when it comes to deciding when to listen, the key marker, the key delineating factor is, are they pursuing a plan? Are they investing in themselves? And that's their time, their attention, and their money. If you don't see them investing those three things, then we shouldn't be listening to them because we care more about the problem than they do. And that means we are using them for their problem to feel better about ourselves. And that is not friendship, that is not love, that is not kindness, okay? And then if we have discovered that maybe we got those things mixed up, hey, I learned new information. And so now I'm gonna make some changes in our relationship. And you'll see, I know a lot of people are afraid to say that to somebody, but every person that I've ever worked with, every client that's ended up doing that, their friend came back or partner and went, Wow, I never realized it. Thank you so much. In almost every case, that conversation spurred them to take action because they weren't they weren't aware. They, they got trained as a child to be a professional victim and you know, suck in enablers. And so they weren't aware that that's what they were doing. So I know you'd be afraid to love somebody that thoroughly because it would feel like it's confronting, um, but you'll be shocked how well it is received. So there you go. If you like this, please like it. If you have comments, um, if you've tried this out, or if you do try it out, leave your comments, share your victories, share your stories um, with everybody. We all gain from that. And if you know somebody that struggles listening or wants to learn to listen better, please share it with them. And as always, enjoy the journey.